0: So when I was a younger priest, uh, I remember getting some advice from a, an older priest who has since passed away, actually. Uh, I was visiting nursing homes. I was visiting some retirement homes there, and uh, so I asked, well, what do you do? What do you talk about? And he gave me two bits of advice, which I find very interesting, which I think you'll probably instinctively know, but I'll ask you anyway, for a little audience participation. But he said, when you're talking to women, when you're talking to retired women or women in retirement homes, what's the... The subject of conversation that you should delve into immediately. What's the one thing women will, will want to talk about? They're here. <laughs> it may be a little sparse. they might not want to go there. Uh, uh, what else, What do you think? What's the, what's the, the number one topic? Family. Family family, right? Women will want to talk about their sons and daughters, their grandkids, where they're doing where they're studying, where they were living, where they were living last year where they were living the year before, what they hope to do after they've finished studying and who, they, who they're going out with and who they're connected to right? They'll, it's all the, 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 all the connections of everyone and everything in the family and how it all goes Okay. Men on the other hand and this isn't being sexist, it's just you know, observational Like, uh, what do you think men's number one topic was? Strangely, sport. Yeah, they'll tell you all about the 1972 final between Cork and Tipperary, and and and, and the Doyle's were out there. It was a Joe Doyle or John, John Doyle, John Doyle, John Doyle was out there, and by God, he got the, the copying Peak on his head. And, you know, and they'll, they'll tell they'll tell a 192 hurling final as if it was yesterday. And it's, it's very interesting. That's that's not. That's, it's not that they don't care about the family. It's just we're making conversation, like. <laughs> so just the. The, 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 the focus is different the focus is different but I find it very interesting when we look at, at, at family dynamic when we look at how a family works when we look at how, how uh, relationships work within a family uh, we can be blessed or cursed by good memory blessed or cursed by good memory good memory can be such a gift my goodness like especially for the husband's Remember the wedding anniversary and remember her birthday, whatever you do. okay, Write it down, get it tattooed to your forehead. No, if you get it tattooed to your forehead, she'll see. Get it tattooed somewhere. <laughs> remember the you know, wedding anniversary and how many years it is and remember her birthday. Okay, it's good to have a, a memory for certain things like that, where you met, right? Be able, be able to recount the story. Uh, it's good to have a memory for, for, for those kind of things. But, but then there's a flip side to that too. Remembering in detail all of the failures of the other person and having uh, an uncanny ability to list in milliseconds all the failures of your husband or wife. Without even ha- you, haven't, you haven't time to vocalise as quickly as you can list off in your head all of those, all of those failures, all of those hurts. Right? So you can just kind of sit there, sipping your cup of tea, seething. <laughs> right, and it all just kind of comes out. All oh, the times you forgot, the times you forgot, the times you didn't, times, times you didn't, the times, you didn't the times you left me alone, the times you didn't ask me how I was, the time you, you didn't care about my mother's illness, all this uh, just come, just bang, 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 bang. It all just comes out, and the other person, obviously, generally speaking, isn't actually a mind reader, so they won't know what has just gone on in your head. So they might ask you something like, "How are you this morning?" and they get the fine reaction which means everything is not fine but they have no idea why because they just asked how you were um, what am i after stepping on here and there's no way of knowing so the, the, the memory the memory is such a gift memory is such a gift but my goodness it, it, it's a responsibility as well which we have to be very very careful of how 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 we use this gift of memory sometimes we can actually be blessed with a lack of memory because it actually makes it easier to forgive you know, you can, just, you can just move on because you don't remember the details of what happened. Oh, yeah, four years ago, you said something. Actually, I don't remember. It's fine. It's grand. Whatever it was, I'm sure it is fine now. And you just move on because you've kind of forgotten. But when you have a good memory, it can, it can etch things into your, the, the, the memory of your heart that you'll never forget. And this is a, is a, is a, is a great responsibility. But it's a great danger. It can be a great danger in marriage too. Because what do we do with these memories, and what do we allow those memories to do in our minds? Because if we allow the memories to, to just run free, especially when those memories are attached to emotion, uh, it can make marriage very, very challenging. If those memories are negative, I remember seeing a documentary about a year ago, I think, about a, a lady who had a fantastic memory. So the, the journalist asked her, so what were you doing uh, on February 2nd, uh, 1983? And she said, um, I was in third class, I forgot my lunchbox, I went home again, duh, 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 and she listed every single detail of the day. Now, she had a phenomenal memory. And the guy just said, this must be amazing. Like, you can just read a book and remember what was on page 70. Yeah. You know, and then she, he listed a couple of, he mentioned a couple of books that she had read, and she was able to recount everything. He said, "It must be, it must be just amazing, it must be fantastic, to be able to read so much and hold so much in your mind." She said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, but every hurtful word I've ever heard and every person I've ever lost in my life, I can recall it as if it happened five minutes ago." And I remember, when, as soon as she said that, I thought, "Yikes, that's a gift I don't want." I don't want that gift. (laughs) I don't want to be able to remember like that. I think it's good that we can learn to forget and learn to let go. Remembering is part of our faith. In our faith journey with God, he wants us to remember. It's even in one of the Psalms, I think Psalm 77. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. So the Lord wants us to remember. So as I say memory is a gift. As, as with any gift, a gift can be, can be a great blessing, but a, a gift, if used wrong, a gift of intelligence, if it used wrongly, can be a, a terrible curse. So any gifts that we have received, these gifts have to be used well, used correctly, or we can use them for, for bad. So what do we do then when, when, when these memories come back, when memories of the other person's failures come back? My spiritual director recently, uh, he always asks one particular question whenever I bring to him an issue. I bring to him a certain issue, and he always asks this one question. See, I'm a spiritual director myself, so I know how this works. So sometimes I like to have my homework done beforehand, all the things I know, I think he'll ask me. I want to have them sorted before I get to spiritual direction, because I know how this works. But he always asks this one question. It's a really good question. It's a really annoying question, because it's the right question. <laughs> it's the question I ask. But whenever I bring an issue to him, he says... And have you brought this to the Lord? No. Because <laughs> so often we want to fix it ourselves. Or we'll just give me, another, give me another week. I'll work on it. Like, I'll get it sorted. Like, and then I'll kind of, if things fall flat in their face, I'll bring it to the Lord then. You know, When we have hurtful memories, painful memories, hurts, wounds, difficulties, we need to bring them to the Lord we need to bring them to the Lord say Lord help me through this help me through this and help me to also remember as quickly and as in in such detail as well the good things that the other person has done the good things or maybe like the other person expresses love in a way that's different to ours but they are expressing love so maybe they don't ask a whole pile but they did make you breakfast in bed husbands please make our breakfast in bed Once every three or four months, all right? (laughs) Little tip. Not from from the celibate priest here, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I've learned a few things in the confessional. Uh, uh, But, like, they show love in other ways. So maybe not necessarily the way you'd like. Maybe you'd like to sit down and talk for ages. Maybe talking like that isn't really their thing. But they show it in other ways. You know, even, like, in in the community here... um, I, I, I'd like to have, i like to be able to invest hours in each person. There isn't always that time, but often I'm just, I'm just walking past them and just, tap them on the shoulder and give them the nod. And it's as, kind of as much as I can do for the moment because we don't have two hours to talk now because we rubbed our eyes. But it's just my little way of saying I see you. In a, not in a weird way. I mean, in, in a normal way. Like I see you. You know, I, you're you're, 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 you're part of our family. You're part of our family. When we were over in Seek in January of this year. Uh, Chris Stefanica, he's a, an American kind of apologetics speaker, a Catholic speaker. He spoke of, uh, he told us of uh, a situation that happened to him. He was out camping with his his wife and uh, his children, I think one or two, I don't know how many he had at the time, but um, they were all camping, all was going well. and They were near a lake and so it was time to move from wherever they were—the at campsite—back to their, to their accommodation. And uh, they looked around; and they couldn't find their son. As it happens, their son had mistakenly followed another couple, thinking that that couple was, was mommy and daddy, and had gotten lost. So they were looking around; and they couldn't find him anywhere. And then, just he had the sinking, the sinking question, Chris, in his own heart: I bet go down to the lake. So he went down to the lake, you know, and he's, he's knee deep in water looking around for, for a floating body. And he said this prayer, he said, just, just, just erupted out of his heart. He said, God, take every blessing, every good thing you've ever given me. Take it all back, but give me my son. Give me my son. And he said, in that moment, he said, I learned in a way uh, that nothing else or no no amount of books or reading could teach me, I learned what the heart of God was like. You know, Jesus who says to himself, I'd rather die, I'd rather give my own life than have all these people I've created be lost forever. The Father who says, I love all of these people so much, I'd rather my own son die. So, when we live love the right way. That love is willing to renounce itself in favor of the other. That love is willing to die to itself in favor of the other. And this is the essence of love. This also is the essence of of, of good friendship because they're a similar thing. In order to be a good married couple, you have to be good friends. You have to be good friends. Then it becomes kind of an intimate friendship and then it becomes marriage when blessed by the church, by God himself. But it's, a, it's an intimate friendship. It's a friendship. So I renounce myself in favor of you because I love you. And hopefully you're doing the same. You're renouncing yourself in favor of me because you love me. Now I can trust you with my heart. You can trust me with yours. And I, I know I'm safe. I know that we can do this together. And then any difficulty that, that, that arises... The couple are able to look at each other and say, look, whatever has happened, job loss, illness, bereavement, we face this together because we are one. We face this together because we are one. And now we're learning what the heart of the Father is like, this kind of oneness, this oneness between him and the Son and that, that, that oneness giving life in the Holy Spirit. So these, these, these adversities, these crosses, these difficulties, they teach us. They teach us a new level of love. So they teach us, they show us how to become like God. But the, unfortunately, the cross does it like nothing else. I'd love there was another way. I'd love to give you a book. Read that book and it'll make you a saint. I wish it was that easy. Life will teach us and the Lord will provide and there will be circumstances that will test us and try us. And when we learn to react in love, we're learning to love like him. Now we can live a holy marriage. Now we can live as holy individuals. We can, live, we can live as a holy family. Since God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for the benefit of us all, we may be certain after such a gift that he will not refuse anything he can give. He will not refuse anything he can give. It's the word of the Lord. It's, Jesus. It's, it's God's word here speaking to us. He will not refuse anything he can give. So all of you couples that are here, what do you want? What do you want? If it's, sorry for the simplicity of the question, but what do you want? What do you want God to bless you with? Where are the, the, the gaps, the holes in, in, in this friendship of marriage? Where, where are the gaps? What's wrong? Where do you want God's blessing? If you can, when you're answering that question, try to approach it with the bless him or her, change me approach. As opposed to what I want from you, God, is that He stops and he should and then then and then after that, right, if we can avoid that, bless him or her change me. What do you want from God? What do you want? because if we can if we can vocalize what the issue is, it makes it much easier to pray for, if we can name it, do you know I want. I want my husband to respect me, I want my wife to forgive me, I want, my, I want my husband to trust me, I want my wife to show more affection, okay, bless them, change me, bring these intentions to the Lord. Today we will have an opportunity to delve into, I'm not sure what, but it'll be great, uh, but delve into married life. As the, as the Spirit leads our speakers. And I think the Lord today, I think the Lord today, in a particular way, wants to, wants to heal some of those memories or wants to show us how to carry them so that we can look at the other and see the beautiful person that we once gave our heart to and trust them and honor them and sacrifice ourselves for them. There was one day you thought they were worth it. And I presume that that lasted a long time. And I think it's still there. It's still there. But life happened. And a lot of distractions, a lot of busyness happened. So how do we get back to... Well, it's not so much going back. It's not really about going back. It's about moving, moving forward with all of that. With now a deeper love that has been tried and tested. So we ask the Lord today to bless all of you, to bless you with the, the gift of memory, and that that gift of memory may be used for good. And that as we read in Psalm 77, we might remember in, our, in your marriages, remember the deeds of the Lord. Amen.